The Watch Time Show, sponsored by digital agency Mint Twist. The Watch Time Show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Watch Time, sponsored by Restream. I'm Alexandra King. And I'm Elliot King, and we're both from Mintwist, the digital agency at mintwist.com. So as Alexandra said, this show is sponsored by Restream, and we're using this amazing software to stream this episode and all episodes in the series to multiple channels. So live to LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, repurposed as a podcast, and Restream.io is an amazing piece of technology. I would suggest you check them out. Definitely makes life a lot easier. Absolutely. So what have we got today, Alexandra? Today is one of my favorite topics in the whole world, sales. So we have 10 sales mistakes that people make and how to avoid them. The question. We're going to go through them all and give you tips. Yeah, looking forward to it. But the question is, how many of those mistakes have you made in your career? We've all made them. We've all made at least one or two of them. Yeah. You'll recognize them as we go through. I've got to hold my hands up and say I made a lot of sales mistakes in my yeah. career, especially early on. Being self-taught salesperson, you have to learn from your mistakes, don't you? You really do. You really do. That's the best way to learn. However, it's also good if you, if you don't make some of them too. So Absolutely. So hopefully today, by listening to some of the common sales mistakes that are made, you can skip them out if you're early on in your career. If you're further on in your career, you'll probably give a knowing nod to to the audio or to the video wherever you're watching this and sort of you might recognize some of them. Right, shall we start with the first one which is relevant? Yes. Right, mistake number one, not listening and talking too much. Well, it's a classic, isn't it? It is a classic. You know, the way that I look at it is an easy way to remember if you're talking too much is try and think about the 30 second rule. So 30 seconds, if you find yourself talking for more than 30 seconds, you're probably rambling on a bit too much, so cut it down. And if you're not sure how 30 seconds feels, time yourself. Mm, that's Literally good, time yourself at home in yeah. private. I guess it's that it's that if you're using your if you're using your mouth more than your ears in a sales meeting, then it means there's something going wrong. I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you, I think it's you know what you say is also really important. So if you're saying something relevant, that's brilliant. Please do use your mouth. But if you're rambling on and you're not checking in with the other person along that communication journey. If you're not saying, oh, what do you think about what I just said? Or do you agree with me? How about this idea? If you don't see whether they're on board, they might have got off that ship a long time ago and they're completely cruising on another highway and you're still rambling on. So rambling on is a mm. terrible thing. And I guess that's where the empathy comes in. If you can, If you can take those visual cues and understand whether someone's engaged in what you're saying or not, and if you can see them moving away then then you can grow yeah, attention not back. so much empathy but more obs- observation and that you know you'll have a better idea if you do check in yeah if you ask them a question oh how do you feel about what i just said do you agree with that and then yeah what about let me just ask you because i know you're good at this what about if you've got someone who's not particularly engaged and you need to draw them in have you got any tips for that situation well that, that's when you need to talk even less so Really, the questions you ask are opportunities to open up a door to some brilliant information that they are going to give you about themselves. Even if they're introverted, if you ask the right questions, they're going to give you something. And when they give you that something, you've got to look at what do I have and how can I use this to make a sale? 
every time they open their mouth, it's a golden opportunity and it's golden nuggets of information that you can use to get that sale done. As long as you're listening and taking it in and applying what they say to make that sale, you've got to constantly be, you know, getting. So the more they talk, the better for you, really. Yeah. And then you ask a follow up question. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And you keep, you know, you get that information and then you utilize it to make the sale, which is ultimately, that's why you're there. You're and what about the close? The when is the right time to go in for that closing question? Again, if you've been checking in and you know that you're making progress, you will have a very, very good feeling as to whether they are ready to, to complete that sale or not. Mm. If you're aware of them, if you're really analyzing them. And I don't just mean what they say. I also mean their body language. Are they open? Are they facing towards you? Do they have an engaged face? Are they a bit distant? Are their arms a bit folded? Are they asking a lot of questions? Are they negative questions? How are you managing the negativity? I mean, you can think, you can overanalyze as well, but really a, a salesperson is almost like a psychologist, I think. Wow. You gotta be, you gotta yeah. <laughs> analyze your material. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Really, some really wise words there. I feel like I'm, I'm learning from a sage here. Okay. Should we go on to number two? Right. Number two, <laughs> offering too much for nothing. And you probably have a thing or two to say about that because you run a business and you don't ever like offering too I much think for if nothing. You, I think for those of, those of us out there who work in services businesses, it's a, it's a classic issue um, where you, you, you engage uh, you know, a client or a customer in some form of you know, service, which is a deliverable. And because it's a service, what, what, actually, what actually needs to be delivered can be somewhat subjective. Yes. And you sort of open yourselves up to customers saying, you know, can I have this and can I have that? Can you just throw in this and that, the other? And I guess it's, it's an easy one to fall into for any salesperson, but particularly if you're selling services. What, what do you think? Yeah, because you, you always want to please a client. I mean, I'm definitely a client pleaser. You want, to, you want to just give them the world so that they say, oh, you're wonderful. You did such a great job for us and da, da, da. And, yeah. and you would, you would, you'd work forever and do absolutely anything for them. But at the end of the day, your responsibility is to run your business. The objective of the business is to make money. Yes, you're offering service, but if you're not making money, then you're not in business, you're in charity. So either you go into charity, some sort of charitable trust, or you go into business. You know, I think the best are going to be. For me, the best sale is when it's a mutually profitable arrangement. So, you know, that was given to me by an advisor a few years ago. And, and if you can seek genuine, if both sides, you know, customer and, and salesperson seek to obtain a mutually profitable arrangement, then you should be in a good place. Of course, win-win. Yeah, win -win. absolutely. Right, next one, mistake number three, not focusing on the solution. Yeah, again, particularly relevant for if you're, if you're selling a service, but increasingly relevant for products too, is that age old thing of understanding that the customer is buying a solution to a problem rather than your product or service per se, I guess. That's right. And, and when people purchase something, they're obviously purchasing it because they need it or they might not even need it. They just want to associate themselves with that product or that service for whatever reason. And you've got to find out what that is. You know, what is the solution? What's their problem? How can I apply the solution? And how do you do that? Again, you, when you're talking to them, you're listening and you're observing everything, every single thing. The client does when they walk into that room, 
you should be observing. Not like a, not a, you know, just just be aware and really put yourselves in a position as much as you possibly can. Forget about you. It's not what you think. It's everything about what they think and what they want. So you really understand them, get into their life, into their head, become them for that minute or two, and then give them what they need. Yeah, and again, I think the way that you get to that, you know, that pain point, the, the problem that the customer is trying to solve, it's questions, 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 questions. It's a bit like what you were saying yes. the question, for, for the point one. My, I remember sales training, the, the guy said to me, keep asking questions until you get to the source of the problem. And once you get to that point, then you, know, then you can play back to the customer what your service and product can do in order to solve a specific issue that they're looking for. Okay. Focusing on price and not value. I suppose that's similar to what you were saying. What is the value in what you're giving them? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's all very well knowing the price of everything if you don't know the cost. And obviously, cost is, is relative. Um, it depends very much on what is the, if you're a B2B business and you find that your potential customer has a problem, what is the cost of that problem? You know, to that particular customer, and you need to reevaluate your solution so that it provides an answer to their problem. But if it doesn't give them more value than the current cost problem that they're having, then it's it's by itself it's not a solution. Yes, and you know, for me as well, when I think about value, I just I would find it incredibly difficult to sell someone something that I don't believe in, that I don't believe is worth it, or some sort of shady product or something like that. I really have to believe it because you know you can see it in my face I can't pretend so if I don't like it you're gonna know and then the clients can know so it's incredibly important for me to believe with every single cell in my body that what I am proposing here is the right thing the absolutely right thing for yeah. for that client and you can't go wrong if you're if you're authentic and you really believe it and you know, based on the research that you've done, that that's the right fit for them, then... Yeah, I think that's a great point because because if you don't believe in the value of what you're selling, then you're not going to be able to, you're no. not going to be able to be... You can't um, pretend. You know, honest and yeah. transparent in the way that, in the way that you approach, yeah. which, which will likely be see-through. So yeah, focusing on value as opposed to price is, is crucial. Okay, number five, making promises you can't keep. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. that happens is, quite often. This can be this can be a bit of a rookie error, and you know I've certainly made it. You know, in my time, it's 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 when that those customers throw in those final requests just before they sort of agree to the deal. Oh, can you just add this? And can you just add that? The temptation is always to say yes, yes, yes. yes when sometimes you have to say no. Yeah, that's right. You can't. And and also, we had an interesting experience actually recently. We're getting our offers in for our windows to be done. And one man who's extremely professional, uh, he was saying, oh, I'll get you the quote, you know, or hopefully by the end of next week, I'll try and do that by the end of next week. So you get it in your mind. Yes, quote coming by the end of next week. Now, if they didn't bring that quote in by the end of next week, that would be a really bad mark against the name. But he delivered it a week early. And that's a lovely little tip. Just always say you'll do something and just do that extra bit better. Always, always. Yeah, absolutely crucial. It's better to under under promise 
and over delivers. This is how the saying goes. And so yeah. don't say yes to anything that, no. that you're not sure that you can that you can deliver on. But throw, throw that little thing in later on if you can. Yeah. Okay. And this is a strange one. Selling without not actually having an intention to sell. Have you ever? So this is an interesting one. We, when we were looking at this article earlier on, what, what they're getting at here is that there are a certain number of salespeople out there who live for the sales presentation as opposed to living for the close. Wow. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is a problem. So have you encountered that? In the, I, I personally have, have uh, would like to think that I've always been focused on the end objective. I'm quite a focused person. But when I read this, I, I thought I, I've, I've recognized that in other salespeople right. that I've worked with. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's an easy one to fall into because the sales pitch, the presentation, that's the exciting part. That's the fun part. Sometimes when it comes down to the actual numbers and asking for the money, there are a lot of sales people that, that sort of I, I shy away it's, from it. It's when you have to talk about someone's budget and when you feel like you're asking for money, that doesn't come naturally to people and it's a bit embarrassing and it's a bit like, oh, you know, because you have this lovely relationship there. You're talking about all these benefits and then you say to someone, actually... Can you can you pay for that? But actually, just, uh, you're, you're not doing yourself any favors, and you're no. not even doing a favor for the customer. Because at the end of the day, if the customer is going to get your wonderful products or service, they need to be able to tie up a deal with you. Value, yeah. Number seven is not being ready to overcome objectives or obstacles. Yeah, I think this is this is a great one because if a customer, if a potential customer is being honest and upfront and direct with you and pointing out those objections they have to your product or service or, or potential obstacles that they're facing. If they don't point them out, then they're not helping you because you're, they're not giving you an opportunity to overcome them. If they do point them out, don't take that as a negative. Take it as an opportunity to find a way through that objection with alongside that That's client. it. And so, almost always they're going to say, oh, the price. What can we do about the price? And if you go, oh, nothing, and then someone else comes along with a better price, you're just out. So you've got to be ready to be flexible, talk about it, and actually expect it, always expect it. And actually, this is where your point around asking the right questions, getting the right information, because when you do get given an objection, whether it's about price or anything else, you can sort of play back the, the, the problems that your solution and product is going to solve, which will then bring the customer back to the value that you're providing as yes. opposed to the price. You've really got to listen to that objection because when they're going through it, when you've left them and you've got no more control over them in your environment, that objection is going to be running through their head and it will be the potential reason you're not getting that deal. Absolutely. So you have to prepare for it. Absolutely. And, and I don't it. always do this myself, but I've, I've experienced being sold to by good salespeople. Very often they'll end a conversation by saying, yeah, is there any reason why you won't buy this product or service? Or can you see any reason why you, why you wouldn't Yeah, what would interested? hold you back? It's a very good question. It is. Very, very good indeed. Right. That brings us on to an interesting one about arguing with a customer. Mm. Have you ever I, done that? <laughs> Let's again. Go. Don't answer. <laughs> Don't answer. Don't <laughs> In the, yeah. I might have, Probably I might have, not in the sales process. You haven't, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it can only end one one way, and that's badly and yeah. no sale. Yes. Um, don't don't argue. We we don't need to dwell on that one. Just don't. don't, don't argue. I think I think even even any form of frustration 
if you're starting to feel that as yeah. a salesperson. Yeah, you show your frustration and your stress and the yeah. sweaty forehead. It's just not. If they don't like you, there is no way they're going to buy from you. Yeah. No way. Absolutely no chance. People buy from people. People buy from people. Right, number nine, not doing your homework. Mm. I watched Nest Seekers the other day on Netflix. I'm not sure if, if anyone watching the podcast has watched this, but there's a classic mistake when one of the estate agents who's selling a $33 million home is asked, you know, really quite obvious questions about the property because, you know, it's $33 million, you have to justify. For example, what are the acoustics on the glass? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, what, 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 you know. What are the benefits of the, the solar system? What, what are you getting? What sort of energy are you getting? Hmm, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it's, oh, it's just so bad. If you're selling something that's such high value, you better know every single thing there is on this earth about it, inside out. Yeah, absolutely. The modern day salesperson needs to be a, uh, an expert on the product and service so that you can, so that you can sell to your customers in a consultative way. And if you don't, understand at least the basics of your products and service, then you're not going to make a very uh, effective salesperson. No, not at all. Right. Last one is not getting to the decision maker. Yeah. So that this again is, is classic sales strategy. You need to understand the decision making process. Um, and ultimately you, you need to be able to pitch or at least speak to the decision maker because otherwise you can't convey the messages that you need to convey. If you're trying, if you're relying on going through someone else, then they invariably won't. It's very it. difficult, but it's not always possible in every sales process to speak directly to the buyer. That so that changes things a little bit. So when you're analysing, you're not perhaps analysing this person that's representing them's behaviour, but you need to look through them into the buyer's life and what the buyer could be thinking. You've got to still ask the right questions. You've got to still put in all that work. But yeah, it's not that easy. If you, if you don't have someone, if they are in front of you, that is an easy sale. Someone standing in front of you wanting something is an easy, easy sale. It is. An easy sale for, for a good salesperson. But no, yeah, for think, you, for everyone. Well. <laughs> it is. Just the, watch and learn. The interesting thing about the decision maker, if you're a B2B uh, salesperson, it's not necessarily always the most senior person uh, involved. I've encountered plenty of times when, when junior people in a process actually right. have, have a lot of trust within the organization and ultimately given the decision. So be warned, don't always play and give all of the you know, verbal and visual attention to the most senior person. Yeah. Be careful and spread it around. And, and right. So even if you're selling to a big group of people, you have to then manage the whole group as a whole. When they leave that meeting, they're going to all be discussing whether they should do business with you. So you want to make sure that all of them are happy. Well, just yeah. talking about sales like this makes it sound like a psychological minefield that we have to navigate. It, it, is a, it is and it isn't because at the end of the day, people are saying to people, you've got something that they want. So just communicate in the right way and make it happen. Just yeah. make it, enjoy it. Yeah, it's it fun. can be a fun process. Yeah, So fun. Yeah. Right, well, that concludes today's episode of Watch Time. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you're going to be a better salesperson after hearing this podcast. Yeah, we hope you got some value out of all of this stuff. And please remember to check out mintwist.com if you're interested in digital marketing. If you're looking to set up podcasting, video casting, restreaming, anything to do with that, do go and check out Restream at restream.io. And thank you very much for them for sponsoring the show. And if you have any tips for us about sales, please put them in the comments below.
yeah do let us know how we're doing we want some feedback here guys yeah feedback until next time bye bye see you later bye thank you for listening to the watch time podcast brought to you by digital agency mint twist